The following special bonus episode of the Whiskey Topic Podcast is brought to you by Johnny Walker. Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof, now we're lowering the floor. The band is blistering, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four, one, two, three, four. Welcome to the Whiskey Topic. It's Mark Bylock, and we're proudly sponsored by Johnny Walker. Today's episode is going to be all about food pairings and cooking with whiskey, and I'm here with my friend, Matt Jones, uh, known as Whiskey Chef on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, has a decade of whiskey and food experience, working with uh, hundreds of dinners, uh, whiskey, whiskey-related dinners around the country. Uh, and Matt, you split your time between the cocktail scene and the culinary scene, so I thought it'd be great to bring you on to talk about food pairings and cooking with whiskey. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Fantastic. Thanks, Mark. Happy to be here. Yeah, no, I, I, I got to tell you this. Uh, this has been a fun adventure for me because uh, uh, Dante was on the podcast uh, the last episode, and I made uh, my first the first time I made simple syrup. So that was um, that was you know that was a big move for me right there. Right back to basics. Fantastic, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're all you know we're recording this during the uh, coronavirus, um, and we really you know a lot of people are breaking bread. I actually literally made bread. Uh, well, my wife. And I both made bread, which we tried. Uh, didn't work out very well, but like it's it's a good time to kind of go back to basics when you're at home and kind of make what we do a little bit more interesting. Um, so uh, we thought, you know, so let's let's talk about uh, whiskey pairings. Why do whis- why does whiskey pair so well with food, and what kind of foods does whiskey generally pair well with? Well, whiskey is uh, an amazing element for me. It is the most uh, flavorful, most complex, and I'd say richly flavored beverage on the planet. As we know, there's so much concentrated flavor that's in there. Um, And it really enhances flavors in food, much the same way that salt and seasoning enhance flavors in food. You know, it brings out the sea and seafood, the the smoke and, and say, barbecue, even enhances the the sweetness and desserts. And there's just such a diversity of whiskey from around the world and, and so many flavors coming from the different processes as part of making whiskey. That there's so much to uh, to play with and to complement and to enhance. So it really ends up being like the seasoning in, in uh, enhancer in food, much the way that uh, also bitters enhance the flavor profile in cocktails. Yeah, I, I like that comparison. I did. Um, I, I worked uh, uh, briefly on a project with uh, in in Ireland, and uh, they were doing um, whiskey, uh, like tasting whiskey related tasting notes. Not even like Asian barrels, just. Uh, just whiskey related tasting notes and they they said whiskey has more like aroma notes and more like congeners more flavor molecules than even um even something like wine and they just found it incredibly complex and for me i'm like this is terrific uh it validates everything i know about whiskey but also a little scary because like when you're pairing it then you've got a lot of lot to work with a lot of different elements to to try to work with you can get pulled in many, many different directions. <laughs> that's for sure. So it's uh, that's the fun part is just to choose your own adventure. You can um, kind of commit to a path of a flavor profile uh, with a specific whiskey, but you don't have to uh, be married to that. You can definitely go in a different direction the next time or try uh, uh, different styles of whiskey uh, as you go. And that, that's funny you mentioned about the wine, as I've, I've heard many master blenders reference that in, in different ways that uh, whiskey at the end of the day is more complex than wine because of its concentrated flavor, different ABV, of course, but a lot mm-hmm. of different uh, uh, influences to, to those concentrated flavor profiles. Yeah. And I think that, so the more obvious kind of uh, elements in pairing uh, would be, I, I guess would be cheese and, and chocolate, right? Because they both kind of have those, those elements that remind you of whiskey. Definitely. Uh, I love the, the whiskey and, and cheese um, kind of comparison, mainly because there is as broad a range and flavors and, and intensities of cheese as there is whiskey. I mean, 
you, you, you can kind of bookend um, your, your flavor profiles in, in cheese and everybody kind of falls uh, in between. And the same with whiskey. There's just uh, uh, so much variety and they, they really uh, pair well together. But it's not a matter of, you know, you have to find likeness. You have to find synergies of, of similarities. Contrast also is, uh, is a big way to uh, appreciate these flavors. Yeah, I, I agree. Because uh, that's kind of different than with wine pairings from my limited experiences. Like with wine, you want a kind of element. Like if you have a, a spicier kind of wine, you want a spicier food. But with whiskey, it seems you want to have a, you know, you want to kind of have the contrasting flavors to, to really complement the, the, what, what you're pairing with. Absolutely. Contrast and, and balance at the end of the day. Um, I've seen it done so many different ways. And it's all about amping up your palate. You start with your, your lightest and you, you kind of graduate into your medium, your full bodied as you go. And the flavor and food pairings um, kind of uh, can be plotted on that, that, that same graph. But what I love about uh, Johnny Walker, by example, of course, is there's a lot of uh, depth and complexity inside the, the liquid, intense spice, hints of fruitiness. I mean, there's more than 30 different uh, single malts uh, that are in there. There's layers of crisp vanilla from the brain whiskeys. Uh, American oak, there's fresh fruit and heather from the Bayside single malts, there's wonderful dried fruit from the sherry oak casks. There's just so much happening. Of course, there's hints of smoke from the islands as well, um, you know, kind of garnering the best characteristics of each region. So, um, but with, with Johnny Walker, I'd love to play on the, the subtleties in the beginning of the sweetness and the spice and mm-hmm. then move more into that salinity and that smoke coming from the, uh, the, the peated aspects and, you know, finish with something heavier and sweeter at the end that's capitalizing more on that vanilla baking spice kind of flavor profile. And then when it comes to, you know, actually enjoying these together, it's very different than wine where, you know, you, you, you let the food and the wine mingle in your mouth together and, you know, sampling spirits, 40 to 50 plus uh, ABV, that's just not the same experience. So it's more about, acclimating your palate with uh, with the whiskey. Like take a little sip as we do in our tastings, breathe it in, chew on it, get to know it, mix it with a little bit of saliva, then take your first uh, bite of your food, really enjoy that, um, take your time with it, get a full palate stimulation, and then go back and nose the whiskey and take a little sip and see, and, and, and smack your palate and your tongue together and see how it lifts those flavors as they go. They, they really... Uh, uh, lift each other. So let's let's talk let's talk about specifics. Well, what would you specifically do? Oh, honey, honey and cheese, is a, and, and even uh, uh, you know green apples and, and tree ripened fruits as a way to to open to to pair with the whiskey. And this point, I'm just talking about straight whiskey pairing with uh, um, you know little little tidbits of food to help uh, enhance that. Um, so you know, fresh fruit gives mm-hmm. way to tropical fruit, gives way to dried fruit. So you can mm-hmm. definitely go in that uh, those kind of increments as well. You know, smoking this like a smoked gouda uh, mm-hmm. that's warm, uh, it kind of jumps out with, uh, you know, some toasted crostini or some crackers and even garnishing that with, uh, you know, a little bit of shaved spice or even uh, nuts, um, just mm-hmm. adding a little bit element, different element of texture uh, to there as well. But even um, we've been smoking some brie. I'm, I currently am running a barbecue menu. Uh, and we're, we're smoking some brie that goes beautiful with, uh, with whiskey as well. So you, <laughs> I got to say, I'm, I'm a, a big fan of some funky blue cheeses as well. So that's nice, obviously nice. not for everyone, but that's something to kind of graduate towards as well. 
But when it comes to actually, say, making, uh, bringing the food into a cocktail, um, say, making a, a Johnny Walker Spirit Ford Manhattan style, uh, I'd be playing on honey. I'd be playing on um, some of the botanical uh, influences, the earthier tones uh, for a Spirit Ford cocktail. And if it's more of a, uh, a seasonal thing towards the holidays, as in Thanksgiving or Christmas, or um, warming spices in the wintertime, you could definitely cater more towards that side of, uh, of savory with spices as opposed to, uh, to sweet. What about, what about texture? Um, how does texture play into, into this? I think uh, taste, aroma, and texture are kind of that trifecta that you really always got to, uh, to play into uh, and consider, especially when presenting for, for guests or for um, you know, guests in your home or, or, or guests in your restaurant, uh, kind of either way. But you do have to, to be weary and be aware of texture, especially with fat washing, say. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the fat cuts the viscosity of the, of the whiskey and, and gives it more of that buttery, lathery um, texture, a completely different viscosity to it. However, uh, if you're not careful, you have an oily product and, and do you, you, you could be literally chewing the fat in your drink or <laughs> in your pairing. You definitely don't want to do that. Uh, being aware of, of, of other ingredients, a lot of fats, especially, I mean, we're talking about cheese and milk and butter and, and, and bacon, but you don't want them to curdle. You, you want to be a pleasant, smooth texture. You don't want things to be chunky when, when they're not supposed to be. <laughs> so right. there's a lot of different elements to definitely uh, play into. But um, texture is super, super important to the overall appreciation of, of, of a pairing or a dish for sure. Okay, um, so let, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about some like um, recipes uh, that you would recommend people start with uh, that that involve whiskey. You know, some really easy ways to incorporate whiskey into a dish is even as simple as misting it. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of oysters. Um, you know, seafood. It's a, a great way to incorporate a, uh, a Scotch whiskey that has elements of of peat and salinity and uh, Johnny Walker checks those boxes for sure. So next time you're, you're popping an oyster, you're shucking an oyster, or perhaps maybe you're at your favorite uh, restaurant or, you know, small plate experience, uh, you know, when COVID is over and we can all do that again, um, yeah. you can add uh, a little bit of Johnny Walker into an atomizer and mist it over your seafood dishes. That is quite literally the easiest way to, to incorporate that by putting a gentle blanket of mist on top. Um, but I took a, a step further a few years back because I absolutely love ceviche um, and cilantro. Cilantro is one of those polarizing elements where uh, as an herb that either love it or hate it. And you won't get too deep into this, but I'm sure you're aware there's uh, some folks have a different enzymatic uh, um, uh, the, their saliva is calibrated differently. And yeah, yeah. to them, cilantro tastes like soap. So, you know, perhaps they would uh, steer away from this completely, but the, the same way that some people might have an aversion to peat. However, the, the peat smoke and cilantro, I find, have more in common together. So doing a ceviche with a uh, peated whiskey, and I've tried this with Talisker. I absolutely love it with Talisker as well, but incorporating uh, a little bit lighter you could do with the, the Johnny Walker for sure, but incorporating that into your ceviche. Now, ceviche being cured by the acid in the citrus. So you have your fresh white fish or your shrimp or your uh, lobster, whichever you're using. Um, fresh juice, let that marinate for at least half an hour minimum, but you can go hours from that. And essentially um, the acid um, changes the structure of the proteins and essentially cooks it without cooking it. Yeah. But 
lots of salt in there, and there is that element of cilantro and misting, either your peated whiskey or uh, your Johnny Walker or incorporating, actually folding it in and essentially infusing it is a great way to do that, uh, uh, that pairing and then take it to the, uh, another level if you want to bring the whole mixogastro together. Now bring a cocktail uh, together. And I like, uh, you know, margaritas are fantastic, but a scotch margarita, why the heck mm-hmm. not? Right. right, uh, right. Margarita is Spanish for Daisy. And that's the style of drink that a margarita is. And if you look at the uh, Scots Gallic, uh, Noinen is the, uh, the term for a Daisy. So I like to do a scotch margarita, fresh lime juice, Cointreau, actually puree some, uh, cilantro in there, um, and then strain it through and basically make either a, uh, a peated single malt or a Johnny Walker use the black label base to do a margarita that is cilantro enhanced paired with the ceviche. So that's, uh, again, and not necessarily for everyone that maybe they're not into seafood or cilantro, but those that do enjoy it, absolutely adore it. And it's just a really easy way to kind of dip your toe into using whiskey and bringing that cocktail and culinary element together. I'm a huge fan of uh, ceviche, so uh, this is something I want to try for sure. Awesome. Um, what about uh, something like um, like a salmon that's uh, you know a little sweeter? Oh, definitely. I love playing with salmon. Uh, I like doing like a honey ginger kind of reduction with whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, I've done this one with Johnny Walker uh, as well. Do uh, soy, sesame, ginger, and garlic, um, and reduce that down. Um, honey in there as well, and add the whiskey towards the end and you do end up burning off a little bit of the alcohol which is 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 great because what you're doing is concentrating the flavors of the whiskey as well because as that alcohol evaporates you're left behind with more flavor and that concentrates in with the reduction of the the sweetness of the soy and the honey and then the uh you know complexity of the garlic and the ginger together and then i drizzle that over uh, basically a pulled salmon dish to uh salmon uh that's been uh you know poached or baked, creme fraiche, a little bit of dill, garlic, some seasoning in there, and then maybe put that over some uh, uh, fresh crostini that you've done with some sea salt and um, a little baguette in the oven, and then pour this, put the salmon on that and drizzle this whiskey mm-hmm. reduction over top with the honey and ginger. It's, uh, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because when uh, Emma Walker was on the podcast uh, from from Johnny Walker's uh, blending team, um, you know, we we geeked out a lot about the barrels and how much um, uh, how much flavor comes in from the barrels, whether you know the, the sweetness and the spice elements and all these all, all these flavor components. So when you use when you cook down whiskey a little bit, you're losing the alcohol; it's going to evaporate out, and you're just kind of left you're left with those more barrel elements. And I, I find that very fascinating as a um, for cooking because it just kind of it leaves that those interesting elements from all that time spent in barrels, which um, you're not going to get in any of any other way as an, as an additive. That's it. It's like taking a, a concentrated tincture of a whiskey <laughs> and reducing <laughs> yeah. it down. And then a little goes a long way and that you could take it even farther and, and, you know, get it down to um, almost like a, uh, a gel that you reduce it, it so far down that you're, you're basically making a, a whiskey toffee out of it <laughs> and you can, oh. uh, you can, you know, you add a little bit more sugar to it and that's basically the consistency. You can make like a whiskey caramel um, oh, and nice. you get a little goes a long way that way too. Oh, that sounds, that sounds really good too. Um, do you, what about, uh, do you have any kind of pasta dishes you'd recommend uh, for, uh, with whiskey? Oh, for sure. Um, there's uh, 
a lot of different directions you could go there, whether you're, you're focusing on a seafood pasta dish or, or a tomato-based uh, sauce in there as well. I haven't done as much on the, the, the pasta side there, um, but I have been to dinners where there has been a, uh, a sweet uh, whiskey sauce, almost like a jus, that was uh, paired with, or sorry, that was incorporated with a ravioli dish. And uh-huh. the, the ravioli itself was uh, stuffed with, uh, um, I believe it was like a, a style of merguez sausage, like a nice little spicy sausage, and then a sweet whiskey drizzle over top of these ravioli. Um, really enhanced, uh, enhanced that experience for sure. And I think a lot of these elements, you're just using a little bit of whiskey. It's not going to be a lot. What about like a risotto? Like, because that's something that I, you, you kind of constantly stir and, and work at. Is that, uh, is that something that would work well with whiskey? Actually, funny enough, I've done a, uh, uh, recently did a, a whiskey risotto dish and made a basic stock. Um, it was a mushroom, like a Japanese style mushroom dashi stock mm-hmm. um, with seaweed and had a little bit of uh, whiskey in there, um, but then wanted to play on the sharied elements of a whiskey. And actually, uh, Craig and Montoil is a, is a good example of this because of that, uh, uh, the, the Craig and was finished with, uh, with that sherry. So by infusing the uh, fruit, we actually do raisins, craisins, sour cherries, infusing them in uh, whiskey. And then we had some uh, um, dried shiitake mushrooms that we rehydrated in sherry vinegar and then brought those two together, incorporate that with a uh, whiskey, or sorry, a coconut risotto. So you've got the earthiness of the mushrooms. You've got the sweetness of that dried fruit. You've got the nuttiness of, of some coconuts and dried coconut that's on there as well. And then the, uh, the coconut milk that is part of uh, the, the, the process of, of, of hydrating that uh, risotto because you want to get it nice, nice and creamy and finishing it all with these uh, um, super saturated mushrooms. It just, you nose the whiskey as the dish is hitting the table. You can smell the whiskey. And as you go through, you're getting different elements of the aging process and, and the finishing process with it as well. And the great thing is, is to serve it almost deconstructed all the elements on top of the rice but then encourage everyone to mix everything together and then it's again to choose your own adventure you can decide how much sweetness in every bite how much toasted coconut in every bite how much of the mushroom in every bite i mean this, this sounds like a great dish to serve with cragamore right next to it you just you just have it right there and you can sit Definitely. at it because those elements would just mix so nicely on the palate yep and i uh, Oftentimes, and in the spirit of dinners, um, you know, you, you have a tasting mat and you've got the, the whiskeys right there. Um, and it, that is that is great to have that reference point. Um, I'd love to keep it at, you know, a half ounce the most because it's not really about the con- consumption. It's about burning your palate. It's about um, finding that balance between the dish as well. And, of course, the addition of water. That's That's a topic that can divide the room um, when it comes to, to adding dilution, adding balance. I encourage everyone to add a few drops of water to their whiskey, especially when they're, they're preparing the food. Um, so you, it's more easy to pull out those uh, synergies and balance and, 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 and not have to worry about the, um, the ABV kind of taking over. And of course, there's the old school that will get right uptight about that and say, you should never add anything to your whiskey. <laughs> but as we know, it's concentrated flavor and concentrated alcohol. Every drop of water you add gives you more complexity and opens up the, the, the trap flavor profile. 
Yeah, especially those lighter elements. Like if you especially you use like lemon or or some lighter uh, elements in the in, in your food, the uh, few drops of water are just gonna bring that right out of the whiskey uh, that you may not otherwise detect. Because I mean that's that is the difficult part about pairing whiskey and, and food is the food has such a presence in one direction. The whiskey has a presence on your palate in a different direction. So, you know, again, we kind of move with that uh, compare and contrast uh, part of it. But I, I, um, I, I agree. I, I don't think um, uh, you know the, the whiskey there is, is on the if you're having alongside with your dinners to enhance and that, but it shouldn't be a lot. You're not, you're not drinking a glass of wine per, per plate. It's, it's there to kind of enhance experience. Um, let, let's, let's, um, I, I want to talk about desserts cause I, I know you have a, you have a really fun dessert recipe, but before that, um, I do want to talk about kind of more maybe barbecue or like a beef rib or, or something along those lines, kind of like mm. something that you would braise and, and, and with a whiskey element there. Braising is a really fun technique to use with whiskey because a braising is kind of a combination of a, of a wet and dry heat method of, of cooking. You've got it, it, it actually essentially cooking in some of its own liquid that you can flavor and enhance. And then um, it's also kind of roasting at the, uh, the same time. Um, so you can sear your meat first. Um, it could be, you know, seared in oil and butter and whiskey. You could add some element to that caramelization on the outside. But uh, adding whiskey to the slow cooker and having that... Um, you know, penetrate and tenderize the meat as well as flavor the meat over, you know, an extended period of time, six to eight hours, say if you're doing a roast or if you're even doing some, some ribs or even, even, uh, you know, pulled pork. Now, um, bourbon is an easy go-to with it, but that's, uh, you know, using a, a peated uh, uh, single malt or a beautiful blended whiskey will um, give you other elements of that as well. So, this is where you have to be careful in terms of knowing your dosage <laughs> and right. uh, you don't just want to put a couple of cups of uh, Johnny Walker in there and, and set it and forget it and walk away. You want to be very mindful of the addition of flavor. It's not the alcohol component that you're trying to add to it. You're literally adding, you want to add the best characteristics of that whiskey that will enhance that, uh, that meat. So I'll start with a bed of, you know, onions, garlic, sweet peppers, um, and a little bit of uh, jus in there, perhaps if I've already rendered some fat from meat. If not, um, you can have some stock in there and then add your whiskey to it. And as it heats, it gets very, very aromatic and that penetrates through the meat. And if you're, uh, say, if you're slicing pork medallions and you're serving it, uh, uh, you know, just north of, uh, of medium and you've just got that wonderful moisture and, 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 and texture that's infused in there and just the hint of whiskey, or if you've got a, a cut of meat that you're uh, like a really tough cut, like a shoulder or something that you're slow cooking so you could you could pull it. And then the whiskey gets incorporated into all that sauce at the end as well. I would take those onions and peppers and garlic that have been braising that liquid and blend them together and create a whiskey uh, barbecue sauce that then goes back over top of, of that meat. And there, there'd be elements of whiskey all the way through it. Ah, love it. I, I, I think I did, uh, on your recommendation, I did like, uh, uh, ribs, uh, years ago. Uh, and, and it was, it was really terrific. I, I, I ended up just uh, kind of, like you said, I kind of added more whiskey, you know, did this, did that kind of constantly play with the elements until I, I got that level that I, that I wanted. And it, uh, was, it was, was a fun thing to do because you're, you're cooking for many hours with whiskey on, on the you know counter. So that's always fun. Definitely. And um, the whole kitchen smells like whiskey. <laughs> the whole, yeah, kitchen. exactly. It's, it's it's no escaping that. Um, so tell me about the Lugavol and s'mores because I am uh, I'm dying to try these. I, I got to make these at home. <laughs> That's one I, I did highlight to you. I've I've had a lot of fun playing with marshmallows over the years. I mean, who wouldn't? It's just a uh, 
a texture and, and flavor from childhood and being at the, uh, the campfire that uh, uh, we all know and love. Um, but making your own marshmallow can be intimidating, uh, but it's really not that difficult. But adding the element of whiskey at the end really takes it to another level, especially when you're dealing with uh, um, uh, yeah, a peated whiskey, something that's got that salinity and that smoke, and you want to add that campfire element. So uh, generally, you start with whether you're using a gelatin sheet or gelatin powder, you want to kind of... Uh, activate your your gelatin you soak the sheets um uh, usually 10 to 15 minutes while you're doing that you're um uh, heating up your your corn syrup your sugar whatever you're using as your your base sweetener um you know a little bit of salt uh, your, your baking powder in there you can definitely find a video uh, online or on youtube to making your own marshmallow but the key here with adding the whiskey is towards the end of the process it is a, a pretty um labor intensive and you got to stick with it um mm-hmm. to get the right texture but putting in uh a nice uh how shot and a half to three ounces depending on um you know how intense you want that flavor profile at the last stage maybe the last minute of uh the, having that marshmallow in the mixer and mm-hmm. just a little dash of vanilla to kind of enhance that really when you torch the marshmallow in tandem with the chocolate it's like enjoying a bowl of lego bowl and ice cream at a beach bonfire <laughs> i mean that's really where the flavor profile um really uh, brings it all together full circle for me and checks the boxes of those um you know childhood memories not necessarily of having whiskey at the bonfire however <laughs> of some of the favorite elements that we like about uh, toasting a marshmallow and then having it enhanced with this whiskey experience yeah, I, I think for marshmallows, for, for me, like as a kid, I loved them. As an adult, I never really enjoyed them. But then having like homemade marshmallows or, or kind of like artisanal marshmallows, I don't even know what you call them, but that, that kind of, <laughs> you know, not mass produced marshmallows and adding that element of whiskey uh, is such a wonderful experience uh, because it, they're just different. They, 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 they don't taste, they taste of what you thought marshmallows tasted when you were a kid, but as an adult, it just, they don't taste the same out of the, out of the bag. Um, they don't. I, I, I just find that the, the homemade marshmallows are so much more uh, interesting. Uh, I don't even buy marshmallows for my kids from the store. It's just, uh, it's a completely different experience. And there's really no reason for me to use corn syrup in any recipe except when I'm making marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a, there's a, there's a decadence to it. There's a simplicity. There's also an indulgence uh, that goes with it, but um, I 100% agree. I, I really don't seek marshmallow, commercial marshmallow for any other reason, but I do like making it and, and incorporating my own flavors. All right. So t- tell us about this. Uh, tell us about your, your fat wash uh, and, and, oh, yes. and what, what elements, because I believe that's something you can use in any elements of your cooking, something that you have in your fridge or your freezer that you can bring out as needed. Uh, that's already got a whiskey component to it. Definitely. And now this is like a, a molecular technique that has been used uh, quite a lot. I definitely did not uh, coin it or invent it, but I have uh, definitely had uh, quite a few adventures with it. In fact, I believe uh, Don Lee popularized it at uh, PDT, Please Don't Tell, New York, uh, quite a few years ago. And even uh, Dave Arnold, a uh, famous chef in, uh, in New York, has talked about the techniques and have really, really refined a lot. So folks can find those resources. But the biggest thing that you want to be aware of is, is how are you running your fat? Um, how much fat you're using and, and, and entirely paying attention to the process. I remember seeing in the early 2000s folks just, uh, you know, grilling bacon and, and stuffing strips of bacon into a bottle with whiskey, giving it a shake, wake, waiting a day or two, putting it in the fridge and then just pouring it out and saying, hey, I got a fat wash whiskey. Now, 
it might seem to be that easy, but if you want a much more refined product that you're not drinking literally fat, you, you want to appreciate the texture and the flavor and aroma without actually consuming um, lard <laughs> in your in your beverage. There's a few steps that you want to take. Now, I'll start with a, a, a pretty basic one with, uh, with bacon. Um, you want to render your own bacon fat on the on the grill using a, a pan that perhaps has some ridges to um, you know drain away some of the fat would be perfect because that's what you want to collect. But you want to um, cook or saute that fat over a medium heat that bacon. You don't want to crisp it up really hard or really high heat. You want to mm-hmm. slowly render out that fat and get to a point where the bacon is just starting to crisp up. It's not uh, it's not that. Um, you know, shell of bacon that a lot of folks like to, to cook their bacon until it's crunchy. And then what you're going to do is let that fat cool. And for every, say, 750 milliliter or every liter of, uh, of whiskey or spirit that you're looking to infuse, mm-hmm. you only want to use about, say, a quarter of a bottle or three to four ounces tops, tops okay. in there. Right. And now make sure you cool the fat to a degree of, you know, above room temperature, but so it's not... Obviously, you're putting a, a whiskey into hot fat. It's going to flash and it's going to boil and you've got, uh, you've got a problem on your hands, uh, also right. hazards. So you want to make sure that you're not pouring into uh, very, very piping hot fat. But best process, get a mason jar, something that's tempered glass, something that uh, is made for this purpose. Um, put in your, your fat, top it off with whiskey, seal it, put it in the freezer for six hours to 24 hours. So however long that you've got to deal with, usually the longer the better. And of course, the science here is that as the um, fat solidifies and rises to the top, it is essentially washing through the whiskey. That's what we call it a fat wash. And it's right. flavoring the whiskey. But then you got to get that fat out of there. So when you pull it out of the freezer, you want to gently poke a hole in the top. If you, if you go too aggressive, you might get some backsplash because <laughs> it's under a little bit of pressure with that seal. So gently right. poke a hole in the top, pour out your whiskey. Put it through a chinois, like a fine mesh um, and or a coffee filter if you, you feel it's needed. Oftentimes it is. And what you should be left with is now the, the, the whiskey might be a little hazy because it is chilled. But once it's room temperature, you can't even tell it's been fat wash. It is oh, absolutely clear as the whiskey was before you added to it. You don't have any oiliness. You don't have any oily texture. But you put your nose over that uh, Johnny Walker Black that's now been uh, infused with uh, rendered bacon fat, and you know that there is bacon in that whiskey. But it's kind of a trick to to your senses because you don't see it, <laughs> but you know it. And this makes a beautiful uh, decadent ingredient uh, for a cocktail. You know, all we got to do now is add a little bit of, uh, say, maple simple syrup to that. And you've now got mm-hmm. a, a maple bacon version of an old fashioned, which mm-hmm. I would accent with lemon oil. A nice uh, uh, zest of fresh lemon on, on top of that as well. Duck fat, rendered duck fat or, or commercially rendered duck fat, either or. Um, same proportions. I've done this with quite a few different whiskeys. And then actually, here is the mixogastro element again. Not only do you now have, you know, duck fat or bacon flavored whiskey, you now have, you now have whiskey or um, depending on the style of whiskey, you've got whiskey flavored fat to cook with. So right, this is where right. you now take that whiskey flavored fat, saute some onions and, and mushrooms, and have that as an accompaniment to uh, to some protein, like a, a nice steak. I remember a few years ago I did a uh, a whiskey pairing with a, a, a duck fat old fashioned, um, and then use the whiskey duck fat to saute mushroom, onions, and melted some blue cheese, and topped off a, huh. a, a prime cut 
with that. And so you had this uh, beautiful duck fat fashion with this uh, this glazed wow. penguin cheese, beautiful. I so I my, my takeaway here that 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 sounds beautiful. Like my takeaway here is where no matter where you are in kind of your culinary experience, whether you're you know you don't cook too often or you do cook a lot um whiskey is a nice element to to introduce i think early on you said kind of you know it's, it's you know think of it like a, a salt or, or what have you some sort of seasoning on, on your food um and you can slowly incorporate a little bit of whiskey here and there and kind of really play with it um but uh but you can go you know into the into the stratosphere here and 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 really go all out and, and make it more about you know literally pairing the entire meal with whiskey whether it's been cooked in duck fat that's been that's been uh, rendered with or has been rendered with whiskey or, or what have you. You can really bring in those a lot of those elements. Um, so you can kind of start as little or go as far on this journey as you'd like. That's it. It could be a hint here, a hint there, or it could be a complete whiskey theme. Um, there's some menus that I do, or my kitchen's completely a whiskey kitchen. Every element is uh, has got whiskey in it, um, mm-hmm. and there's that, that crossover with the cocktail as well. Or it could just be as subtle as a mist or uh, a little uh, a dash. Just like you'd use bitters in a cocktail, you could just use a little element to just enhance. So, you, you, like you say, it's a, it's a choose your own adventure. You can go uh, many different directions with it. I mean, it's also a good time right now to to practice with your recipes and 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 you know for when we have dinner parties again to to enjoy those elements and, and practice with kind of what you're doing at home uh, to bring that out because I do I do think you know. Um, everybody does wine pairings. Everybody kind of does all these elements and, um, and, and, you know, maybe a cocktail to open up a dinner party or what have you, but to, to literally infuse whiskey into many elements of the evening, uh, sounds really wonderful. It sounds very impressive. I mean, I think that's not something you see a lot. And I think when we do uh, have people over and we want to impress them, we do want to introduce new elements that they may not have seen, uh, because really even in, in, in the restaurant world, we don't see a lot of these kind of pairings and it's not because they're not good pairing it's just because it's not necessarily the the you know it's not the easy thing to do or maybe it's not as as popular uh but uh but for when you're cooking at home why not introduce these elements it's it can be very simple or it can be very complex depending how far you want to go so i I really enjoy this this is this is gonna be really fun um this has been such a great learning experience for me um i um i do recall you left me a little bit of uh uh duck fat uh a whiskey washed whatever uh, thing elements in, in my home <laughs> years and years ago and uh after after a cocktail event and uh and i remember using that and and just enjoyed enjoyed that so i gotta make my own talk about that now that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no that's that was a lot of fun shows. that's yeah. the thing too you can it, it, it will hold you can put it in the freezer and just uh set it and forget it just wait until the uh the time arises and it will still be good you won't want to leave it sitting out uh room temperature uh, when you've got those, those different elements in it, but you could leave whiskey in the freezer that's been fat washed. Uh, I wouldn't say indefinitely, but a lot longer than you can imagine. You could definitely mm-hmm. leave it there for a couple of months as, as you experienced. Yeah, and we haven't even talked of other elements, but but you know, even like any sort of marinade, you're really using any sort of braising. Like, there's so many elements you can just kind of incorporate. And I think uh, if you're like if you cook like I do, where I'm constantly trying, just I enjoy tasting food as it gets constructed, like sauces and braises and all that. Like, I enjoy that process a lot. So for me, in adding a little bit of whiskey, kind of seeing how that works uh, really well. Um, so it, it's, it's a great way to start. Um, so Matt, we've talked about a lot of elements. Uh, what, what haven't we talked about? What's kind of, what's one more element that you'd like to talk to about whiskey that maybe I wouldn't think of or, or, or audience wouldn't think of? Uh, going for techniques. I mean, we talked about braising, infusing, uh, marinades you, you touched on, um, you know, reduction sauces. One that, uh, you know, doesn't really get talked about a lot is brining. Like if you're doing poultry, whether it's turkey or chicken, 
um, especially if you're say smoking it or you're, you're roasting it and uh, you want to add those elements of, uh, of moisture and, and, and seasoning. That's just a great way of brining, which is just a, a simple mix of, uh, of sugar and salt, equal parts, scale that up. I'd say put about a cup of each to you know, every like five liters of water, like if you're doing a whole turkey or mm-hmm. doing a big breast or a whole chicken, but add some whiskey to that as well. Maybe some whole peppercorns, a bay leaf, um, some of your, your, your typical seasonings that way, but adding the whiskey to the whiskey will penetrate and leave some subtle flavors, uh, behind. So when you're saying, um, in particular, I'm thinking about smoke, we just did a lot of smoked, uh, uh turkey on the menu in the last couple of weeks, um, at, using whiskey, it definitely comes out in the final product comes out in the skin and, but it's subtle, like, you know, it's there, but it's, it doesn't overdo it. And so brining is, is something that you might not think of. And a lot of folks are like, why would I take, you know, uh, an expensive premium whiskey and, and pour it into the, the chicken brine where I'm just going to pour that brine down the, uh, the, the, the drain at the end of the day. And that, that's a, a very fair um, you know, question. And the truth is, the only thing separating people um, you know, from trying this is how much you're willing to uh, invest in the process and, and in that bottle. Should you use a $200 whiskey uh, to cook with or make cocktails? That's completely on you. It's completely up to you. A better whiskey is going to make a better dish. However, you don't need to invest in ultra premium whiskeys to do that. You can do is something that's a little more accessible in uh, you know under a hundred dollar range or eighty dollar range, and still have a wonderful result to it, and, and really feel like you've uh, you've got what you put into it. Uh, Matt, so where can we find you on the social medias? So I'm Whiskey Chef, Whiskey No E underscore Chef. Uh, that's pretty much uh, the one stop shop platform for me to kind of post uh, recipes and and uh, what I've been doing in the trade and kind of my journey between cocktail and culinary over the last 25 years, which is um, now definitely more uh, dominant on the culinary side, but still with my whiskey roots, kind of pulling that all in together. So Whiskey Chef. No, that's wonderful seeing you uh, and chatting with you. Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And this, this actually, uh, Matt, you're, you're, uh, this is our last episode in this series that we did with Diageo. So uh, we wanted to take you know, people through a journey of kind of how whiskey is made, the history of whiskey, um, go through the Diageo's portfolio, Johnny Walker, and of course the single malts that are part of that portfolio as well that make up the uh, Johnny Walker's uh, uh, blended scotches. And uh, we, did, we did cocktails um, and we wanted to wrap it up with food because I, I, I really do honestly believe that this is so underappreciated we don't have enough blending uh of food and whiskey in in, in that in that experience and uh i didn't know anybody else better to do this than with you because of uh, all the years you've spent being passionate about both food and whiskey in in almost equal measures really um <laughs> so um and and especially now that you're you're full on on the chef side so i i really i uh, want to bring you on and 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 you know, and have people uh, hear, hear kind of many, many awesome recipes you have. We will post some recipes in the show notes that people can go in and, and do. And I will say that, again, just kind of any recipes you really do, uh, just consider adding, you know, adding whiskey. And I love the elements of like Johnny Walker Black or, or single malts like Lagavulin or Talisker. Just kind of get that smoky element in there, but also get that peaty woodiness to it that, that comes from aging and maturing in, in the oak. So I think it's a, it's a nice combination that I'm looking forward to, uh, for people trying. And if you do try any of these recipes uh, or your own thing, because again, this is all about exploration, do tag us. Let us know what you're doing. I'll happy if you're on Instagram. I'll happy re, you know, if you put, post a story, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll uh, definitely promote it and all that because I want to see what you guys are doing out there uh, with your products and cooking and, and everything else, using whiskey in a different element uh, of your life. 
Well, fantastic, man. Thanks for having me. It's been an honor, especially to be on the, uh, you know, the last to kind of wrap it up and talk about food. Thanks so much to our friends at uh, D'Angelo for, uh, for sponsoring that. And, you know, fantastic podcast, always some great learnings here. So I look forward to keeping in touch and hopefully I can uh, actually uh, cook for you again one day and, and make some cocktails and we can actually experience this uh, in, uh, in real time, face to face. Looking forward ah. to it. That sounds awesome. I'm looking for that moment where the doors open up and we're able to leave the homes again. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. I appreciate having you on podcast. Excellent. Take care. Thanks, Mark. Cheers. The preceding episode was brought to you by Johnny Walker.